Kalen Allen is an award-winning actor, producer, singer, and television personality. He was catapulted to fame by The Ellen Show. His social media videos reach millions of people worldwide. Kalen has acted in multiple movies, and Kalen is a judge on Roku's upcoming cooking competition series, Celebrity Family Food Battle. Also serves as the co-host on the hit podcast, Raised by Ricky, alongside Ricky Lake. Kalen currently resides in New York City, where he is hard at work on his master's degree in journalism at NYU. I'm so excited to have you here. Well, I've been you. a fan for so long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know we, we did that Instagram live, so it's nice to finally be in person. And I learned so much about you because you are very, very busy. And I was lucky enough because I got you right before you went on this hiatus, basically, yes. a sabbatical. Uh-huh. Yes. And, you know, you're so impressive because you're very talented, yet you make time to learn. And that's and that's really difficult when you're as busy as you are. So tell us about the multiple programs you're currently enrolled in oh. while doing everything else that you do. Well, aside from my 50 million job, <laughs> um, I am uh, currently getting my master's in journalism at NYU. But I also do Juilliard Extension Program, which I, which luckily for me, because the Juilliard Extension Program isn't a diploma program or a certificate program, I can do it like as I can. You know what I mean? So that one isn't as as rigorous as it is at NYU. Um, but I only take one class a semester. So I've been doing it for about three years now. So I take one class at a semester because that's really all that my schedule can handle for me to be able to do and not miss any classes. And so far I got a 4.0. So okay. we're doing wow. good. Uh-huh. That's one class of the NYU journalism. Of the program. Yeah. Wow. So like okay. there's a full, of course, like I think it's like 30 credits or something like that. And so each semester I just do one class at a time. So that I don't have too much to juggle because it's not like that I am in a rush to get the paper, to get a job or something like that. You know, I'm really there to to get the knowledge and get the tools and the resources so I don't have to really like blaze through it. Right. Yeah. And a 4.0. Incredible. Oh, well, thank <laughs> you. You know, I, I think I've always been a studious person ever since I was a kid. I used to be the person that would be at, at school when the doors opened and wouldn't leave until they closed at night. You know, I think I've always enjoyed learning and had an obsession. I was in the honors program, both in college and in, um, you know, grade school. And so I think for me, it's just like the more that I can enrich myself, I think the better prepared that I can be for any job that comes towards me. And we were talking about how learning and curiosity mm-hmm. and expanding our knowledge is a form of self-care and self-love. Mm-hmm. And what's impressive is that you know when to stop because I see someone like you and I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. You're doing this project with Ricky Lake. Mm-hmm. You're uh, doing a food project. Mm-hmm. You are constantly traveling. Yet, mm-hmm. when I met you, you were like taking a break. You were like, I need to slow down. Yes. And we we're just talking about high functioning depression mm-hmm. and how prevalent it is in media, in this industry, mm-hmm. where you constantly have to hustle. You can't rest because someone else is going to get that job. And how right now, especially with the strike that's going on, that it's a time to reflect and think about, okay, what are the priorities in life? What brings my life meaning? What's really important? So tell us about that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it is tough um, working in the entertainment industry because you always have to be on the grind because there are 50 million other people trying to get a lot of slots that are pretty scarce in numbers, you know? Um, And I think also when you talk about then 
being a minority and what that looks like and, and the intersectionality of all those different, you know, underrepresented uh, communities. And then you're thinking about trying to find where you fit in the industry and get the next job. Yeah, it can be practically impossible to survive. And so you have to work really, really hard to always be multifaceted. And I think that's also why I have so many different jobs is because I'm trying to make sure that I always have a new trick under my sleeve, you know, so that when one thing starts to get old, I can switch to something else and then go back, whether that is being music or doing TV or doing movies and stuff like that. I'm always trying to figure out how to to keep my hand in all the pockets. And how do you know when, you know, enough is enough? Because when you're doing so much and you're getting the positive feedback, people are saying, oh, you're doing great. Can you do this? How do you know when to say no to a project? Because you have that inner struggle, that conflict. If I say no, does it mean that I won't get picked for something else or will someone else take my place? How do you know when to put a pause on that? (laughs) Um, I think for me... The only time that I tend to say no to things is if I truly can't make it happen. And usually that's like a travel thing or like, say, I I have a job in this place and you want me to be at this place at this time. I can't do both of those. Or or if I know that it's going to tire me out because I got this coming up or I'm doing this and any other. But I think the way that I gauge the things that I partake in or when I decide that I need to take a rest, I think it's someone that makes content that is supposed to bring people joy and laughter and humor and escapism. I think what I pay attention to will if myself as the being is burnt out and tired that I can't create joy from that. I'm only going to keep, I'm only going to create fatigue. And so I have learned that that means that it's time to slow down, stop and reset so that I can produce my best content. And now I think I focus more on quality or quantity because I think a myth that is always taught to us is that we need to be putting out content like this, like this, like this, because we need to maintain, which I do think there there are two sides to that, because what I have noticed um, in the trends of how quickly now someone can, you know, become TikTok famous or TikTok viral or in the digital space is that it happens. But because they're pushing out so much all at once, eventually it starts to run out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then because now it's become a job, I think I definitely identify that with the original Caitlin Reacts videos, you know? It was like, it was fun when it was just like, oh, I'm just doing this to have fun, you know? Then when it became a job and people wanted so many of them, I found myself becoming repetitive. Mm-hmm. I was like, how many times can I look at a video that's that's a mess and say it's nasty? You know what I mean? And I think for me, I'm also a person that believes in being as authentic as possible. And as soon as something starts to feel fake or I'm having to contrive it from a, a, a fake place, then I don't want to do it anymore. You know what I mean? Because now it doesn't, it's not fun for me. And I think I pay attention to those signs. We were talking earlier about how if you continue to hustle, if you continue to work because you don't feel good staying still, you forget what brought you joy to begin with. And there's a term called anhedonia where you just stop like feeling interested in things. Things don't give you pleasure anymore. And what's interesting is that you said that if your content isn't hitting, if it's not good, you know it's a reflection of what's within. And that's when you take a pause. And as an artist, we have to do that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what we were talking about in terms of the strike and 
how that really hit a chord with you, especially with your experience on the Ellen show and the loss of Twitch and how in this industry, you really can't show that you're unhappy. You have to create an experience. Those are the words that you used, right? For people. And if you don't give it to them, they won't call you back. How can people who are artists who are, you know, in the boat that you were in years ago, how do they keep going and taking care of themselves and being their authentic self, but still be able to show up every day? How, what advice would you give them? Oof, that's a hard one. You know, it's so funny when you were talking about that, because when a, I think some people don't even realize so much. For instance, like the first couple of years at Ellen, right? It's like, okay, my life had changed, turned upside down, right? And people would be like, oh, those are probably the best years of your life, you know? But I also know that in that time, me and my mother wasn't speaking mm. because um, I had just come out publicly and it was still something that we were navigating within ourselves. And, you know, and, and that was a very dark period for me because I was alone, you know, like I was spending holidays by myself. Wow. And so I was having to work to try and cover all that up so I didn't have to focus on that. You know what I mean? And so I'm thinking when you start talking about that, I'm thinking about that. It's like, well, that was like peak of my career. Like I'm doing VMAs, I'm doing Billboard Music Awards, I'm doing movies, I'm doing all these things. And people from the outside, it looks like life is at a, you know, 10, you know what I mean? But behind closed doors, I would probably say that those are my roughest. You know, I think those were the saddest of, of those years, you know? And I think, but what is important about that, and I think this is where it takes self-awareness of a person to really do the work to find a light at the end of the tunnel. Because I think what I learned in that situation, especially then when COVID came around, yeah. was like, I was like, I need to create the life that I want to live every day. Mm -hmm. Because the thing about COVID was that now we were all trapped in our houses, you know? And I think a lot of us realized that the homes that we had created weren't places that we wanted to be mm -hmm. stuck in every day. Mm -hmm. And I said, I need to create that. And I know that that doesn't exist here in Los Angeles, but it does exist in New York. I'm so glad you brought that up because I, I, I always ask my guests, when was a time in your life when you were at the highest functioning, but and everyone thought you were doing so well, but you knew you weren't and you were really struggling. And that sounds like that time in your life. And people with high functioning depression, they often forget who they are. They see this persona that they're projecting, their job, their work, their success as being who they are, but it's not. You were someone before all of that. How do you stay grounded? Whew. Well, I think specifically about where you're talking about, I think the tough part about that was that when I started at Ellen, I was 21, you know, and I went from being a college student to, an, to being on a national talk show. You know what I mean? And I think that alone was very scary for me mm -hmm. to where it altered my entire being. And I was in fear that it was going to leave at any point that I was going to lose it. And then I was going to be broke, you know? And I mean, like, I was like, just trying to figure that all out. Um, I think where the balance comes though, now that I definitely, you know, I've gotten older and now I've been six years uh, doing it. Um, I think you just, you have to disconnect it and start to think of it as just simply a job. Mm -hmm. That it's just something that you are waking up just like everybody else, going to do your job, you're going home. You don't have to give the world everything. You don't have to give them 
air all the all your secrets and all your all your stuff. You know, you can keep some for yourself and make it a job just like everybody else. You know? Yeah. I'm glad you said that because you you get so wrapped up in this persona mm-hmm. that when you get a rejection, you're like, well, I guess that means I'm not worth it. I right. guess that I'm not as valuable as I thought I was. Right. And you tie that outcome into who you are. Mm-hmm. So you experience these really low lows. But then when someone gives you something. Now you're at a high. You're at a high. Right. So you're constantly oscillating and that's not balance. Well, think about the strike. I think that's the, the toughest thing, especially for actors. You know what I mean? It's like, I think people think just because you're in a movie or a television show that you filthy rich and you're not, you know? And I think now where we're living in a space where streamers, you're not getting residuals, you know? So it's like, okay, say you're an actor and you've been doing this your whole entire life, you know? And people be like, well, go get a regular job. And it's like, well, you can't go get a regular job because if you go get a regular job, now you can't make it to your auditions. You know what I mean? And now you didn't spend all this time training to be this actor because that's what you love. That's what you're passionate about. And then you get this one job. Great. You book it. Okay. You making SAG after rate. Say you on set maybe four days, uh, just one week, and you make $6,000 off of that project, right? Well, now that's maybe, maybe your only job for the whole year. You know, so it's like, so that's all you got. And it's like, how do you make that stretch? How do you make that work? That's why most people live in LA or they, you know, they, they drive for food delivery or something like that because they need something that's more flexible, but there aren't a lot of flexible jobs, you know? So I think when you think about that situation and, and just trying to live off of that, because then, yeah, it's now it's not so much that the job is your worth, but it's also your stability. It's also your livelihood. You know, it's also your ability to make your dreams come true. That uncertainty about the future is Mm -hmm. something that a lot of my clients who are affected by the the strike, Mm -hmm. they express that all the time. And one of the things that I say, similar to what you're saying, is find that balance before that job, before that was taken away from you, what brought your life meaning? Mm-hmm. So for many of them, it could be their family, it could be their loved ones, it could be a cause. Uh, for others, they had projects. Now, the, the strike has very specific rules, but you can work on your personal projects. You know, We don't want to invalidate what people are going through because it is very stressful, mm-hmm. but try to find that meaning before that work. Right, right. And I think the... I think what was very important, what you said, like personal projects, Mm -hmm. I think in this industry, you have to learn how to be self-sufficient and independent, regardless of who you have surrounded by you, your closest friends is that you have to understand this industry, regardless, can be a doggy dog world, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think you have to learn how to operate as a CEO, as a boss, to be able to pivot as necessary to go do what's next, you know, to figure out, well, okay, well, this is ending. How do, what's another skill that I have? You know, I think that's why I go to school. That's why I'm getting this, this degree in journalism. You know, it's like, eventually I want to go work on a morning show and just anchor, you know, like that'd be perfectly fine for me, you know, because like I told people from the beginning, I was like, I'm not going to be 52 talking about (laughs) Caitlin reacts. You know what I mean? Like that's going to get old eventually. And I'm not here for the fame. I'm not here for the glitz and the glam. You know, I'm here to be able to build a sustainable life for myself and the family that I will have in the future. That's all I care about. All I care about is being able to wake up and not have to worry if I'm going to be able to survive. And like you said, the job is the job and you are you. And that passion is so palpable. Mm -hmm. You are just such an inspiration. 
there is there it doesn't seem like there's anything you can't do so keep on doing it (laughs) you're shining um where can we find your next projects? Where can we learn more about you? I mean, you're everywhere, but please remind us. <laughs> well, you know, I, I try to make it very easy for everybody. And so I just have all the channels and they are just the Kaylin Allen. Very simple. And then tell us about your upcoming shows. Oh, my goodness. Well, what I'm really excited about is the food show that I just did. So I did a show called uh, Celebrity Family Food Battle that will be coming out soon uh, next year. So I'm really excited about that. And then I have some some music, too, that I've been working on for the holiday season. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you.